At the end of the regular season, the 76ers were the first seed, but knocked out in the second round of the playoffs last year in the Eastern Conference. This season, we don't know how it's going to go and who's going to be on the team. Let's go to the show. I'm Harrison Sanford, and that's Danny in more drama every season. Green, how you doing, my friend? What's good, brother? I'm good, man. Long time. It's been a while since we've been back. Indeed, it has been. Uh, yeah, so as I alluded to, uh, ever since we've been doing this show, Danny, you've always been in the middle of some drama. Not drama, per se, for you, but in the middle of some. We had, uh, when you first got traded to Toronto Raptors with Kawhi Leonard, obviously we know what happened with that situation when you were with the Lakers. We all remember what happened uh, with Kobe Bryant. And then this past season with the Philadelphia 76ers, it was relatively smooth mm-hmm. until it ended. And now yeah. we're looking here at the Ben Simmons situation. We saw the Sham Sharania report that came out on Saturday, Danny. Were you taken aback by the decline to, to meet with Ben Simmons for on, on his end? Uh, you know, I don't really want to comment on it too much. I, I just want to, I guess, clear the air a little bit. You know, I mean, he's in a state right now where he feels the city has turned on him and a lot of the organization has turned on him. We as players and as teammates uh, wanted to let him know that we have his back, and that we haven't turned on him, that we're here, we believe in him, we want him. The organization also wanted that too. Um, but I think he had, I think he thought the organization was behind this. I think he thinks the organization has turned on him, but this has nothing to do with the organization, it has to do with us. And, uh, you know, we just want to meet with him on a personal level, on a human being friend level um if he still considers us friends we don't know if that's the case yet or not i know he still communicates with some of the guys um i haven't been in communication with him but i would love to meet with him and sit down and talk to see where his head was at um and just let him know that we have we have his back we want him back um and just give him some friendly advice you know first and foremost important as a, as a human as a professional of you know not saying how he should handle it how i would handle things but how i think it'll go give him scenarios how it'll play out and i think what's in his best interest um, even if it's not in Philly, but um, you know, just as a friend, said if he still if he even considers me that or any of us that, uh, wanted to talk to him on a personal level. But um, you know, things didn't turn out the way we wanted them to, and you know, went a different route. To be fair, uh, the comments that were made by Doc Rivers, uh, by Joel Embiid, and even by you after the game, they were, I think, they were fair comments. But obviously, in this media landscape that we live now, comments can uh, be overblown or they're or they're shortened. So when they're shortened and then they're not even full context and then given the media world that we live in now where everybody's quick to make a meme and quick to make a gif and quick to make a graphic, I can understand um, that it could feel like a lot coming back to the 76ers. I mean, damn, you play for the Lakers. You understand how social media could just be on top of you when, sure. they, when you don't perform well in a pivotal or spotlight moment. I'm sure that's something that you would want to relate to him. And you could probably reflecting on that time that you had uh, when even when you won the title with the Lakers, I assume that it wasn't all. Yes, it was peaches and cream, hmm. but it wasn't all comforting because of the way social media can react to certain events. It never is. It never is all peaches and cream when it comes to social media. There's always going to be some portion or some small percentage or a big percentage of fans or people out there that don't understand what's going on. And it's going to be on the opposite side of the fence or on the negative side of the fence, not in your favor. Um, but yeah, he, we've all been through, you know, good and bad situations, social media wise. I'm sure he's been through plenty. Obviously I've been on a heightened level of it and being in LA, um, and try to give him that type of feedback or that advice. Um, so yeah, so when it comes down to that portion, that portion of that part of it, 
we only can do what we can, you know, control. We try to, you know, talk to each other as teammates, talk to each other as an organization, um, and make sure that we know that we're all on the same page. We can't really let the social media or any media uh, distract us. And so it's just clickbait. Most of most times, they're going to take a portion even of this or interview today or here and use a small portion of it to blow it out of a portion and make it seem like, oh, you know, Ben Simmons is not friends with the 76ers, you know, or, you know, this may that. They're going to take something small to make it clickbait, which is also a good series I've been watching. Uh, lately, just finished it, binge watched it. But, um, you know, social media is going to do what they, they do best, and that's to try to get you to click in and read. And, and people love drama and love to hear what's going on wrong. So, yeah, that, that's what they're going to do. But we have, as a group, as a team, have to focus on us. And, uh, you know, we still consider him a part of our team, a part of our organization, and one of ours, and try to relay that message or convey that message and let him know, you know, that we want him back, we want him with us. And, um, you know, hopefully he gets the message. Um, hopefully, you know, his, his mind changes up. Hopefully the camp around him advises him. Uh, you know, to turn things around and, and go about this differently. You were in that situation when you were in San Antonio where it was basically became public information that Kawhi wasn't happy there and that he wanted to, to be out. But he did end up playing some games at least or there was some involvement with him with the team up until that moment happened where he was traded. What can you take away from that time in your career and apply it to now, not just as it pertains to Ben and what he should do, but also as it pertains to you and how you manage being in an environment like that? Um, I would do the same thing I did with Kawhi, and that's always support him. He's a teammate of mine. I consider him a brother, a, a family, a friend, a family member, you know, so I'll do the same with Ben because you never know what the scenario is, the situation is, um, and the people that you're, I guess, excluding yourself from, maybe the people that, even if you do get traded, you might end up being traded with that person. Um, because at that, that, that moment, I had no idea what was happening. I didn't know what trade was happening. Had I been on the other fence and turned on Kawhi, me being traded with him would have ruined that relationship with him going into a new situation. Um, so me handling the way I did, I would handle the same way. But the only thing I would tell Ben is, you know, a lot of these guys that are on your team or on your side now in that locker room, um, you might not want to exclude from them because these are the guys, if you do end up moving somewhere, some of those guys might be moved with you. Um, and at some point you're going to see them again, you have a relationship with them again. Um, you know, I feel we didn't do anything wrong to you. I mean, I understand just a business side of it, but we're not a part of that side of the business. And that's one of the messages I want to relate to him. It's like, we're not part of the front office or the organization. You know, we're your teammates. We share a lock with you. We're going to have you back regardless at the end of the day. You know, we're still brothers. We've been in battles together. We're going to fight. Um, and as long as you're a part of us, and even when you're not, you know, we're still going to be friends. That's how I view it. So it might be differently for him, but um, yeah, I think for, for my advice for him and for those who are surrounding this scenario situation is to continue to have your, your family members, your teammates back because you never know how it's going to turn out or where it's going to end up for you or him or y'all together. You might end up in the same situation together again in a different, you know, system. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting, interesting dynamic for sure when you, when you, when you factor all of those things in. Uh, as it pertains to wanting Ben Simmons, you know, being brothers with him and, and potentially wanting him back on the team, Danny, for you personally, um, his presence on the court has effects specifically for you in yes. terms of how you could perform this season. Obviously, I think you'll rise above any occasion, but Ben Simmons is great at creating three-point shots. He's a, an elite defender. He's great um, at creating, period. And, um, and that's not just for me, but Tobias, who's going to get us the ball? He was saying, like, he's our point guard. He's the facilitator, and he affects us you know, tremendously, especially my game, because he creates so many three-pointers for us, transition threes, and that's pretty much where I live uh, on the three-point line. 
him penetrating and finding us in transition. Obviously, we have Joel on the post, um, and that's another way to draw double teams. But to find me, Tobias, and Seth in the wings and create threes for us, he's the best in the league at it. So, and defensively, I said, um, you know, I talked to Doc, sit down with him. I would said I, I tend to start. I hope to start. I expect to start. But I want to earn my job. That's his decision. But if I'm the starting defender and I have to take on the number one challenge night in, night out, that's going to wear on me quite a bit. Um, so he is going to affect me on that end of the floor. If he's not playing, then I have to take on the number one option offensively every night. I'm not saying that I'm not for a challenge and I can't do it. I can definitely do it. And I'm, I would love the challenge. I just know it's going to make things harder for me and harder for us as a group. And throughout the season, it's going to you know bring a lot of more wear and tear on, on our, our group. If we're not as depth, deep or our depth um, you know, with, with everybody else playing extra more minutes and probably Matisse playing, playing more minutes and having to guard number one option. We have to change our starting lineup. You know, it's going to be something Doc's going to have to figure out. So there's so many different variables that, that change when he's not on the floor for us. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting dynamic for sure. Last year, you averaged the most three-point attempts that you have ever in your career. Obviously, you shot over 40%. A lot, a lot of credit with that uh, was due to Ben Simmons. At the same time, somebody like Matisse Thibel showed that he's a great defender, uh, but he hasn't been the same type of shooter. And then you might look at a position where a Tyrese Maxey all of a sudden might elevate to a starter, but do you want him in that starting role um, and to have potentially have two smaller players in the backcourt when you guys were a defensive first team? Doc Rivers has a lot of things to answer with Ben Simmons' um, absence, but at the same time, you guys are very talented. Still think you could be a top four, five team in the East uh, without Ben, at least for a while. So now as you oh, go into oh. training camp on Monday, do you start to operate? I mean, at, at a certain time, right? Mm -hmm. As much as you might want him there or the situation to be resolved, you have to start preparing for the season. Do you start, do you prepare as if Ben is not there? Um, well, we show up to media day. We see who shows up. We hope that he shows up. We show up to training camp on Tuesday, see who shows up, hope that he shows up. If he's not there, we got to work out with the guys that we have there. Um, we prepare for who the guys are. They're going to be there, the guys that are show up. But we're still going to, you know, hope and and wish for him to we want him back. We want to let him know that we still consider him one of ours. He's one of our people. He's one of our players. He's one of our members. Um, so we're not moving on without him. But we still have to prepare as if he's not going to play. So I mean, it's not like we're excluding him and saying, oh, he's not coming back. We're just going to play with the body we have. We're just saying he, right now he's out for a certain portion of the season. Um, if that may be, you know, and then to figure it out from there. But we're going to prepare for you know the future as if him being a part of our, our, our crew, our squad, our organization, and hopefully going into, you know, the postseason that we're going to have a strong group. I'm of the mindset. I am of the mindset. And mind you, uh, I want to talk about this too after mm -hmm. the, the follow-up to this. I'm of the mindset that he should just come in. I know it's going to be – if it's going to feel like it's going to be rocky, but I feel like – there's situations in the NBA where, where players don't get along with the front office or players don't get along with certain types of players. But when the potential result is a championship, a lot of people suck it up, especially if the, if the result also is I'm going to get paid some pretty good money. Um, I know he might necessarily not be happy about potentially being on the trading block, but a uh, conversation that you and I have had before, damn, everybody's almost on the trading block unless you're like KD, LeBron, Giannis. It just happens. It's the nature of the game. For yes, sure. it could be disheartening or uh, unsettling for a player, but I feel like it's the business. I say that, I say I wanted to follow up on that because what I'm starting to not like, Danny, is mm -hmm. that on Twitter, I could give my opinion. Sometimes I can state fact, and everybody's starting to assume <laughs> like it's coming from you. 
Yeah. And I'm like, nah, bro. <laughs> nah, I covered we, the NBA before we did this we, show. We tutored from I people. covered the NBA way before <laughs> I even uh I, even even before I covered the NBA, I was still making friends with NBA personnel dating back to like 2010 when my first job, like as a post-college uh as a college graduate. Mm-hmm. But because of our affiliation, like, oh, Danny tell you that? Nah, bro. <laughs> Chill. Uh, you're a very educated man, especially of the game. You know the game. You know the rules better than most of us and, and my, myself. That's why, not the only reason why I keep you around, but one reason why I keep you around, obviously we're friends, but you're very good at knowing the market, knowing what's happening, knowing free agency, knowing who's moving where, what front offices are thinking, what roster changes may happen, what may need to change or what will change if certain movements happen. And we are two different, totally different people. You have your own opinion, a very smart, educated opinion, and you speak in your facts or your truths or your opinions on Twitter freely. You have nothing to do with what I'm saying or what I, my inside scoop is. We have our discussions, but you have your own opinions of that. And definitely let the fans know that it's not coming from me. But um, when you talk about you know people sucking it up and just trying to win a championship, usually that's what you think would happen. Um, most times it does, but you never know what somebody's going through. You know, um, I don't know. And said, when you have a whole city, it seems like it's turning on you and the you know, media and, you know, what your group is advising you to do. Um, and you never know what he's gone through with his family. He had a, a really tough year, a rough year, family-wise and off the court. Um, so it was, you never know what kind of, as a human, what kind of burden or what kind of stress levels he's, he's under um, and, and not want to come back to that city of Philadelphia. You know, me just walking around the city, I, I, I hear it. I'm not even Ben. So I was like, I walk in the Best Buy. I was like, yo, what's up, Danny Green? Yo, F Ben Simmons. I'm like, come on, man. Like, you know, we, we're not even started the season yet. You know, he's not even, we don't know what's happening and y'all already, you know, acting like that. So, so I get to understand exactly why, um, you know, some of the reasons of why he's not coming back right now, but all we can do is hope and said, let him know, reach out, let him know we're behind him and that, you know, we want him with us and that, you know, we can turn this thing around, um, not just an organizational standpoint, but from a city standpoint, uh, you know, if he plays the way we know he's capable of playing and just playing his game, you know, the city will turn back around and, and love him and we keep winning games with him. Full transparency, uh, Danny's actually recording this from his new house mm-hmm. in L.A. And I actually want to get into uh, your top three moments of this past summer for you as you get back and ready for the NBA season, mm-hmm. uh, which leads me to the question. I'm saying, Danny, you know, like, yeah, I will whip with you. Just I don't <laughs> know where he's at. Yeah. Calabasas, you know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> Just pull up. <laughs> right. Even if un- unexpected. I, I thought about it. I know he's in the hills somewhere. I know he's uh, somewhere in California. Um, and I reached out. I thought about just, you know, showing up. I mean, the person that sold me my house sold me, sold him his house, I believe. So it's not, it's not hard to find where he's living at. But I respect his privacy. I respect the space. I reach out to him, um, see if he responds, if he wants to respond, if he comes up. If, if he does, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Um, but, you know, let him know via social media and everywhere else that we all have his back. We're still considered teammates, friends, family. Before we get out of here, give people a snippet of your life this summer. What were the top three moments? It was a great summer, man. Obviously, um, still shorter, but we, we ended in the playoffs. Um, but longer than last summer, last offseason, we had about six weeks after the bubble before we started back up. This time we got about, you know, two or three months, which was, which was nice, about two months or so. Um, and I got a chance to see, you know, a couple of my friends get married. Uh, a very close friend of mine, Antoine Pearson, another good friend of mine, Marvin Williams, alumni, brother, family member. These guys are feminine to me, and I had my own wedding. So those are definitely the top three uh, moments for me, which were easy. Um, and be able to, you know, just see them, you know, have fun, be, you know, with their wives, their, their children. Some of them have children. Um, and be with their family members and celebrate, you know, their unity 
uh, was amazing. Got a chance to travel Italy for the one weddings, had my own wedding, which was a lot of fun. And for those who were there, you were there, Harrison. We had a blast. It was in Houston and, uh, you know, Mars wedding, which was in California, Napa Valley. So it was beautiful. They're all three were beautiful. Had a lot of fun. Got a chance to travel a little bit. Um, also got a chance to say, get a lot done this summer. I said, got to close on my new house here. Um, got, had to move again in Philly. Found a nice little area in Philly, which should be great. Uh, so I'm excited about the season, man. I'm excited about actually being in Philly and experience it non-COVID because last year we had half the season COVID and fans only come to the end of the half the season. So I got a chance to explore Philly a little bit, be in the community a little more, hopefully get involved with what the city has to offer and learn more about it. So, um, But summer was great. Looking forward to the season, man. And hopefully it's a hell of a you know good start for us. I know you're no longer in Northern Liberties, but I still feel like I'm going to make the stop over to Caf Cafe Dumont. Cafe Lamont, man. Cafe Lamont. Gonna be yeah, there. We still, still gonna be there. <laughs> sure. Shout out to the homies there, man. It's a great spot. They always take good care of us. Yeah, still gonna be there for sure. And uh before we go, Danny, I have more Another rings moment. than Sonic Green. Yes, before <laughs> more rings than Sonic. <laughs> One more other big shout out before we continue forward, man. Another big uh thing for me was obviously signing back with Philly. And also signing back with Puma. So big shout out to Puma. Big shout out to Philly. Um, Puma is one of my best sponsors, man. One of the best decisions I've made in my life with things we're doing, not just on the court, but off the court and how they've helped sponsor my events. And they showed a lot of love every year, especially this summer and bringing me back because I know they didn't have to do that. You know, things have gotten tight with a lot of, you know, companies and sponsors where they had to cut back, but they made sure they kept me a part of the family. So big shout out to them. Big shout out to Philly, the city. Big shout out to the organization. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to having a great year with both parties and all sponsors that are on board. For sure. Now, can I get to my punchline? Yes, you can. Man. All right, Danny, I have more rings than Sonic Green. Right. We're not there yet, man. We're not there yet. We got to get one more in Philly. That's what we got to yeah. do. We got to get one more in Philly. Speaking of which, this summer, you got some tattoos to, uh, to commemorate your titles with the Spurs, Raptors, and obviously with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, mm -hmm. Outside of the wedding, it really caught social media steam. They're all dope. I know you're not going to pick a favorite, but just take take me inside the process or what was the most enjoyable moment, kind of, I feel, I don't know how long these tattoos take, but I feel mm -hmm. like as you're going through the tattoo, you're like, damn, I hit that shot. Or that's when you start thinking about the parade. Like, I, I'm sure all those flashbacks happen as you're getting the, going through hours and hours of getting those tattoos. Uh, just seeing it comes to life, it just uh, made me feel good of, you know, the love that I got from those cities, you know, that's pretty much the, the memories that I remember as a place at the parade, the certain, you know, times and memories that I have when I lived in those places. Uh, so I got the LA one, I got the Toronto one and they, the artists did an amazing job, great job of making those things come like representing those cities and those teams, organizations. Um, and just seeing the feedback that I got social media wise from those cities and still accepted me as, you know, one of theirs and still showing me love. So, so when I, as I'm getting those tattoos, I have a guy on me and marked them forever on my body. And hopefully the story is not finished. Um, but it said it was just great to you know think about those times when it happens. You know certain things that represent the city during during the moments I was there, and also getting the love and the feedback from the fans and the people that were Lakers fans, you know Raptors fans, and San Antonio Spurs fans. So you know now we got to get one in Philly. Yeah, and speaking of those fan bases, I am looking forward. I know you mentioned some things you're looking forward to this season. I am looking forward to. Uh, potentially getting back in those cities and, and doing some type of event to engage with fans. I know COVID sucked point blank period 
for a lot of people. And it also sucked for just not being able to meet people, meet fans of the show as we used to do uh, when we first launched the show. So looking forward to those opportunities this season. Uh, but again, we'll be back when the season really kicks off, unless something happens with Ben Simmons. Uh, that's Danny Green. Danny, I have more rings in Sonic Green. Danny, I'm always in some drama. Green. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I'm Harrison Sanford. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.